Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Grace Avenue Church. How's everybody doing today? Isn't the weather so beautiful outside? This is like the perfect weather moment. It's like cool, but it's sunny, so it's a little warm. Um, I don't want to start talking about summer and really dampen the mood, but it's coming, okay? Summer's coming. Um, For those of you who have not yet introduced myself to, my name is Henry. I'm one of the staff pastors here at Grace Avenue Church, and... um, yeah, that cheer is not for me. It's for this amazing church and our pastors, Pastor Daniel and Janelle. Um, I would be remiss if I did not start this by honoring my pastors. And um, we're just so thankful for you, my wife and I. Beautiful. I don't take moments like this lightly where I get to speak and what I feel is God is wanting us to hear, to hear and understand today, which I'll get to. Um, that was a uh, beautiful exhortation from Pastor Chris. I know he went back to the uh, Avenue X moment, but uh, I, I, I just loved, I wanted to speak to that a little bit, and I loved his heart and his posture for, 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 the, you know, for the youth. And anytime Pastor Chris is up here and giving an exhortation moment, I literally feel like I want to run through a wall. Like, <laughs> don't y'all feel that? Like, he just, he's such an encourager. So you need friends like that in your life. That's a, that's a little nugget for free, okay? So we're going to get started here. Um, I am going to speak on today, uh, we're going to continue in our Think Different series, and I'm going to speak today about this. The title of my message is, An Invitation to Obedience. Think Different, An Invitation to Obedience. I want to help you understand that it might be possible that the, the obedience that we know about is from the world, and it's not necessarily what we should think about when it comes to obedience. Uh, What I'm saying is the world has probably put something within you that said, this is how to obey, and then the Word of God actually contradicts that and says something totally different about what obedience actually is, and that's what we're going to get into today, okay? Y'all good? I'm going to read a scripture. We're going to pray, and then we'll get into it, okay? Let me read a scripture you can find find in Exodus chapter 40, verses 1 through 4. It says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Set up the tabernacle on the first day of the new year, place the Ark of the Covenant inside, and install the inner curtain to enclose the Ark within the most holy place. Then bring in the table and arrange the utensils on it, and bring in the lampstand and set up the lamps. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come before your presence. Help us to set up the lamps. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I didn't expect a lot of understanding when I prayed that prayer, but at the end of it, maybe I'll tie it together. Um, Setting up the lamps is really, in this case, in context, is really Moses just doing what God asked him to do. In fact, it's actually just a matter of of Moses doing what God commanded him to do, okay? So, in putting this message together, I just really felt like what we have learned in this Think Different series is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not conform 
to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think for, for too long, this world, like I said, has shaped our idea of what obedience is. Um, you know, we see and hear obedience as, um, what, I, what I have seen is one of maybe three ways. Um, there's the, the militant style, right, where um, you take an order and then you perform the action, right? Anybody military here, is that accurate, right? You take the order from your oversight and you perform the action, there's another of authority, your bosses, right? You review the request that they're asking of you, and then you complete the task, right? You review, and then you complete. And then any parents in the room, parenting looks like this. You provide instruction for your kids, and then the kids do said instruction, hopefully. <laughs> like, kids, just do the thing for the sake of peace. Just, just do the thing. Um, you know, my daughter is uh, seven years old, and she, when I ask her to do something, um, I have maybe some inner expectations of when I want it done and how I want it done, okay? I ask her to do something, and she doesn't necessarily do it right away, and it might irk me maybe a little bit, um, but what I'm saying is I have, I'm probably teaching her a couple of things that is not how God operates, okay? Um, if she doesn't do it the way I ask her to, I have to follow up and say, hey, love, let's do it this way. Or actually, if she gets it done when I ask her to, <laughs> um, it's, it's not how I wanted it done or when I wanted it done. And really, that just exposes to her, um, maybe dad's a little impatient, okay? Uh, maybe he's getting a little annoyed about you know, minor things, but don't you, don't you, aren't you so glad that God is not uh, petty like me? Okay, I won't put you on the spot, but I'm so glad God is not, he's, he doesn't get frustrated at the little things, right? He's actually very patient. The word says in Psalm 145 this, he says, um, the, it says this, the Lord is merciful and compassionate. He is slow to get angry, and in, in, in times when I'm telling my daughter to do things, it, I'm not necessarily slow to get angry. Okay, the Lord is slow to get angry, and he's filled with unfailing love. Amen. So those are just some ways that maybe we see the world that gives us the definition of what obedience is. But what if God had something different in mind when he calls us to obey as believers? You know, the Bible's interpretation of obedience is actually this. It is submission to what is heard. Like the, the literal Greek meaning of obedience is to hear and it is to listen. So we often, I'll put myself again on the spot. Sometimes I read the Bible as read the Bible and do, do as I say. I don't know if that's anybody here, but read the Bible and just do what it says. And, and instead of listening to the word that God wants to speak to us, yielding, right? Take a moment, hear it, listen, and then go. So what I'm saying is the world has probably told us and shaped our minds to say, what I say, you do. And then you just, well, how can I serve a God like that? Well, God's word is actually, when he speaks, you yield, and then you go. It's, you're, you're trying to navigate the, the where as you go. The Bible suggests obedience isn't simply because you've been instructed, okay? Or because I told you so. Obedience is tied to, to this. Obedience is tied to faith, okay? In trust, 
knowing these three things. God loves us and has our best interests in mind. His ways and thoughts are certainly higher than ours, and we can't see full picture of our lives the way he can. I have some quotes I want to share with you because there are some Bible scholars that are way smarter than me, and they broke down obedience for us, okay? So here are a few quotes. The first one is this. It says, the true measure of our obedience is not in our words or our outward actions, but in the attitude of our hearts towards God. Obedience flows naturally from a heart that loves and trusts God. That's from A.W. Tozer. Another quote from Oswald Chambers says this, obedience is not a one-time event, but a daily decision. Come on, look to your neighbor and say daily decision. To follow God's leading, a daily decision. That's from Oswald Chambers. Another from Charles Spurgeon says this, obedience is the practical acceptance of the authority and will of God. It includes both submitting to him and then expressing that submission in actions, in words, and in thoughts. And I love this next Bible teacher, pastor, leader. Pastor Daniel says this, through our words and actions, we model Christ for people. Through our obedience to his word, we show God our love for him. So what is obedience? What is actually, what is true obedience? If we have the world telling us what obedience is, and we understand that Jesus is the living truth, he is the truth, what is the true, what is true obedience? Okay, let's get into that. True obedience, number one is this, daily surrender. True, what I've found is that in discovering more of who God is, a true, a true obedience to God is a daily surrender. It's actually a surrender to the Holy Spirit and his guidance in our lives. I'm going to show you a little story. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story. I'm not going to show you. I can't put that uh, as a PowerPoint up here, but... I'll tell you a little story about this and what surrender looks like. So uh, recently, my wife and I got into a disagreement. We got into a little spat, okay? We weren't fighting physically. We don't fight physically, okay? Nor should you, okay? We weren't throwing things. We just got into a little disagreement. I had my stance. She had hers. It might have been maybe around Christmas time. It might have been on the way to go see some Christmas lights. It might have ruined the whole experience, okay? Okay. Um, <laughs> It was great for my seven-year-old daughter. She's like, look at these lights. And me and, uh, me and my wife were like, oh, can we just get home? Like, um, anyway, uh, so the disagreement, it's not about what we were disagreeing about. It was how we reconciled, okay? So I, am a, I have a personality that wants to make sure that we are good, and I'll go there quickly and to try and ensure that we are good, okay? I want to bring unity back to the home immediately. My wife on the other hand, is more of a processor, okay? She doesn't want to talk about it right away. She wants to maybe discover the avenues of how I am wrong and make, maybe bring that to the table, <laughs> okay? So I want to make things right. She wants to process, and right when we get home, I'm ready to make things right. And I say, love, look, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have brought that up now, and she didn't want to have anything to do with it, okay? So then I'm upset because we didn't make things right. And so we go to bed, we wake up the next morning, Yes, we went to bed angry, okay? I know what the word says, but we're about reconciliation, okay? There's, there's a bigger purpose, okay? So we wake up the next morning. I'm ready to, you know, make things right. First thing when I wake up, hey, love, like, I'm sorry. I understand that was a bad, and that was a bad moment to maybe bring that up, and she did not want to have it. She was like, okay, I, 
I still need time. And then I started getting upset because I'm like, God, I feel this prompting. I need to come to her and make it right. And she didn't want to have it. So then I, I go for a run, you know, like, I'm not, I don't run from my problems. <laughs> I just like running. So I, I, I get up and I go for a run and I'm running and I'm like kind of wrestling with God. I'm like running and I'm praying and I'm like, God, I, I've come to her like you've asked me to. I want to make peace. And then he, the Holy Spirit stops me and he says, yeah, but you want to do it on your timing. And I was like, I'm glad I have another mile left because there's tears are flowing and I realize I'm in the wrong. And so I said, okay, well, I want to do this right. So how do I do that? And I felt like he said, go and apologize. So then I answered back to him and I said, I did. And then he said, yeah, not for the first thing. Apologize for trying to make it right on your own time. I'm like, okay, well, now we're getting a little bit more refined of what the Holy Spirit wants me to do. So I kid you not, I get home. And I put this in my wife's lap, and I said, hey, I'm sorry that um, I brought it up, and I wanted to reconcile on my timing. Whenever you're ready, I'm ready to reconcile. And I left it at that. And I'm I walk out. I turn around. I walk out to the garage, and she's following me. And she now wants to talk. I had, le I had to surrender uh, the moment of when I wanted it done in obedience to God. And we had a great uh, moment of you know, discussion and reconciliation. Isn't God amazing when we yield? in obedience, in surrender. Now, that's, that's a peek into my life, but can I tell you in the moment, true obedience is surrender. Surrender does not feel good, okay? Surrender does not feel good. It actually feels like you lost. And who wants to feel like, like they lost? Like, think of the Super Bowl. Okay, think of the Super Bowl that we just had that was amazing in overtime. Sorry, Niners fans, but I'm going here already. Imagine, imagine if the, the Niners were walking in overtime, the captains go up and they're doing the fl coin flip, and instead of taking the field, they actually say, actually, I'm good. I'm, we're going to surrender. We're going to dip out of this one. Like, the Chiefs can have it. We're, we're good. Like, nobody wants to watch that, right? That's what the world wants to see. They want to see entertainment. They want to see competitiveness. And yet, Jesus says, we have to lose our life. Let me read a verse for you. Matthew 16, 25 says this, for whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for all eternity. Because like Pastor Chris said this morning, in, this, in the kingdom, in his kingdom, his ways are not our ways. We have and live for an upside down kingdom. It seems like we've lost when we surrender, yet we inherit, we inherit eternal, eternal life. I want to speak about the other, uh, the other truth to obedience, okay? So we understand that we must surrender, that is true obedience, and the other element is really urgency. True obedience looks like urgency. We actually have an opportunity to bless God. I don't know if you're aware of that, but we can bless God when we act with a sense of urgency. And I'll say this, it not only blesses God, but it blesses the people around you maybe to come to God in a new light, in a new, in a new way. Now, what I'm saying when I say true obedience looks like urgency, what I am not saying is uh, when it comes to major decisions in your life, maybe taking a job in another city, maybe, uh, you know, maybe coming with your wife and saying, hey, this is what I'm feeling. We need to act and move. I'm not talking about acting immediately, impulsively, or foolishly. 
okay? I'm actually saying when it comes to a major decision, what is good and is healthy and is wise is to come to your leaders, to come to your pastors, to come to your team leaders and, and maybe say, hey, this is what I feel like God is, is, is speaking to me. Is this, is this okay? Does this line up with what his word says? And, and because what you want to do is when you feel like an impression has been placed on your heart and you go and surrender that impression to somebody else, there's going to be peace if they can confirm that with the word of God, okay? Uh, the Bible says there is, uh, there is safety in the multitude of counsel. There's safety in the multitude of, of wise counsel. And so you want to be at peace with major decisions. But I'll say this, we can actually often find ourselves wanting to tell God our, quote, God told me moment, only looking for confirmation. So what I mean by that is, God told me, you go to somebody and you tell them, hey, God told me this, this is what I'm going to do. Like, what I'm here to ask you is, can, are you going to the person with an open-ended, yielded posture to say, this is what I'm feeling, what do you think? Can, in, in other words, can anybody tell you no? Can anybody say, hey, no, that's, that's, not a good, that's not a good decision, man. I wouldn't do that right now. You got two kids, right? This is, there's a whole other, there are things that you're not seeing that maybe you have to consider, okay? Listen, if Moses, even Moses in Exodus, he saw and met God, God called him from a burning bush, right? God told him he was going to be the man to go speak to Pharaoh. He told, God told Moses, go to Pharaoh, right? And if you read Exodus chapter four, there's a moment where Moses actually hears God. I mean, he has a little doubt, but he hears God and he says, you know what? I'm going to go to my father-in-law, Jethro, and ask him for permission. He actually says this in, in the later chapters of chapter, uh, chapter four of Exodus chapter four. He says, please let me go back to, to Egypt. Now, Moses just saw God in a burning bush and he chose to go to Jethro and ask him for permission. Now, how much more are we, when we feel we hear the Lord, to go to one another and maybe a multitude of counsel and say, hey, instead of, hey, God told me this, this is what we're going to do, and, and more with the posture of, hey, this is what I'm feeling, what do you think? Is this wise? Okay, that's, that's, what, I wanted to, that's what I wanted to share with, with you today. So also, I wanted to also say about, about this is um, about, about, about obedience is the fact that there are often, we try, to, we try to make this very difficult, right, when it comes to how we are to obey, maybe with our posture and our hearts, but it's, I'm here to break it down and to say it's actually really easy when it comes to obedience. It's just difficult to take a step in the right direction, okay? But the posture is simple, okay? You might have come today and thought you're going to get, um, you know, some, you know, I don't know, I don't know what you came here with, what the expectation of. I'll just say, maybe you thought you're going to get some heavy theological points on how to live your life better. This is going to be very simple, and I think we sometimes have to strip it back to the foundations to remind us maybe we haven't yet taken the step that he's asked us to, okay? So here are two quick points, um, and they are based on what we are to do when we hear the call of God to obey. In order to obey, we must do two things. The first is this. We must listen. We must hear his voice. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. That's pretty easy, right? But there's a key element overlooked when we think about obedience. We think about somebody giving us instruction that we overlook. We hear the instruction, 
We don't think about hearing the instruction. We just hear the instruction, then we go and do. But that element, is, there's an exchange there. When somebody gives us the instruction, our posture is to hear it, and then we go and do it. So we are to, and by being obedient before doing, we have to, we have to listen. We hear his voice by reading the word. We, we hear his voice by praying, by coming to other believers. You know, John 10, 27, these are words of Jesus. He says this, my sheep listen to my voice. Another version says, hear my voice. It says, I know them and they follow me. They follow me. The second point, and I'm wrapping up here. I know it's a, it's a quick message, but there's so much that we are to do with this message, I felt like and being obedient. The second is this, is to simply just go. Just do the thing that God has called you to do. If this wasn't in my notes, but I'll share this. If you're having a hard time hearing from God, it could be a a number of things, but one of the things I like to tell people when I meet with them when they're having a hard time hearing from God is, what is the last thing he told you to do? And did you complete the last thing he told you to do? Or are you still walking that out? It might be that he hasn't given you a fresh word yet because you still haven't done the last thing he asked you to do. Um, I, I, I take, actually took that nugget from my wife. She had said that, and I thought that was so profound. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta plug this here. I gotta put that in there. Because it's often true. We try to get the next fresh word from God, but we often have not completed the last thing he told us. Here's what I wanna also tell you is that Going and doing when it comes to obedience is similar to surrender. It's often very difficult to do. And if it, if it was easy, we actually wouldn't need stories in the Bible to help encourage us to do it, right? Um, so here's, here's what I wrote down. Being obedient, because it's difficult, being obedient looks like this. It looks like forgiveness towards someone. It looks like maybe loving others again. I felt very heavy to bring this and put this into my message and speak to anybody who might be battling with rejection when it comes to loving again. Uh, Rejection, I feel, has kept too many of us in a pattern and a cycle that the enemy is actually happy about. But I believe that today that's going to change for some of us. That a light bulb just went on when I talked about, hey, that's me, I feel that. But let me give you a little... Let me give you a little statement here. The best way to get past and move past rejection is actually putting yourself in a position to be rejected again. <laughs> well, why would I want to do that? That's going to hurt my heart. Yes, it, it will if you don't have God on your side. If you have God on your side, it's actually a faith move to put yourself out there and say, God, please see my faith. I'm going to put myself out there again. And maybe there is a letdown but you've done that and worked that muscle. And when you try it again, it's only a matter of time that the God of the universe that spoke this world into existence is going to show up on your behalf. Come on. Amen. I want to share a powerful quote. And uh, it's funny, this quote, uh, this quote my wife actually just told me right now that uh, what, when you shared this quote, it was amazing. I wrote it down in my notes. I'm like, hey, my wife's taking notes. I think I'm doing pretty good. Um, this quote is actually the quote that built, helped me shape this message. Uh, and so it, it says this. 
It says, we do not understand as believers and then obey. However, if, I'm going to pause right there. That's what the world tells us, right? When you're given an instruction, well, tell me why, and then I'll do it. This quote says, we do not understand, then obey. That's instruction. We obey by faith, and then we understand. That's illumination. I'll say that again. We do not understand, and then obey. That's instruction. We obey by faith, and then we understand. That's illumination. In other words, the world says, seek understanding, then obey. God says, obey faith, obey by faith, and then you'll understand that's through revelation. And if you think about instruction, I mean, the relationship between one another, if you tell me to do, I'll do it. I mean, after a while, you're going to get tired of somebody telling you what to do. There's going to be an inner posture that wants to submit to or to not submit to what they're saying. Like if they tell you to sit down, you might do the thing and sit down, but you're standing up in your heart. Okay, what, what I want to help us understand is, is God wants to paint the picture that when he speaks, we first go, obey by faith, and then he'll bring a revelation as to why it was good on your behalf. Okay, I want to end with this, and I'll call the, the band up. I want to end by reading to you what Moses was instructed to do and how that blessed him and blesses, blesses us here today. Exodus chapter 40, I'm going to read just little, the first, just the instruction of every verse. I'm going to read um, 1 through 33, but I won't read the actual text, just the action items of what God was instructing Moses. It says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Set up the tabernacle. Place the Ark of the Covenant inside. Install the inner curtain. Then bring in the table and arrange the utensils on it and bring in the lampstand and set up the lamps. Place the gold incense altar in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Hang the curtain. Place the altar at the tabernacle entrance. Set the wash, wash basin. Fill it with water. Set up the courtyard so our hospitality has a table to set up Frito pies at at the end. No, he's, God goes on to tell Moses, take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle. Anoint the altar. Anoint the wash basin. Present Aaron and his sons. Dress Aaron with sacred garments. Then present his sons and dress them. Anoint them. Verse 16 says this, Moses proceeded to do everything just as the Lord had commanded him. He goes on to say, Moses, erect the temple, uh, erect the tabernacle, set down its bases, inserted the frames, attached the crossbars, set up the posts, spread the coverings over the tabernacle, take the stone tablets, attach the carrying poles to the ark, bring the ark of the covenant into the tabernacle, hang the curtain, place the table in the tabernacle. It says that Moses arranged the bread of the presence on the table before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded him. He set the lampstand, he lit the lamps, he hung the curtains, forming the courtyard around the tabernacle. He set up the curtain at the entrance of the courtyard. So at last, Moses finished the work. And I was going to share with us today, verse 34, and speak about the importance of this. The very next verse after Moses has done the work says this, then the cloud covered the tabernacle. So the cloud wasn't there before the work was done. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And I was going to bring you to the point of what work have you not done yet? And God hasn't been able to fill our hearts entirely because of some past work that has not yet been done. So maybe that is some of us here today. 
However, this morning, God wanted me to remind others, Exodus 4. I felt like he wanted me to share, yeah, go ahead and tell him my servant Moses did all I could, but also remind him that in chapter four, in chapter three, when I called him out from the burning bush, that he disqualified himself. He didn't want to step out. You know, the Bible says, we, we understand, it says that uh, Moses was not eloquent with words. You know, some, some, some passages say he stuttered. And I'm here to say that the Bible doesn't say that Moses stuttered. Moses said that Moses stuttered. And we believe God is the author of the Bible. He used many writers, right, to write 66 books. He's the author. But God never said, Moses, you're a stutterer. I'm going to use you for mighty things. No, God called Moses, told him he wanted to use him. And Moses said, I can't do this. And if you go back and read that chapter, it's, it's incredible. But what I'm saying is so many of us, when God has called us, we bring insecurities. We, we disqualify ourselves. And it really sets us back from ultimately understanding who God is and how he wants to move in our lives and others' lives. I want to invite us to take a moment. Let's bow our heads. Let's, let's think about this question. Where is God calling you to obey, obey him today? If we were sitting and we just heard a message about obedience, where is he calling us to obey him today? Maybe for some of us, it's through a life of devotion. And that can look like repentance. It can look like surrender. Maybe through prayer or reading his word. Maybe God is calling us to become a member of Grace Avenue Church. We've been attending week after week, but we're not taking the step to actually become a member. Or maybe it's time to we have become a member, but we've not yet said yes to serving his house and the beauty of serving his house with other believers. I believe some of us are taking the step today to obey him to tithe, to take a step out and say, God, today you have my yes. I'll give you my 10% by faith, and then I'll understand what you've been wanting to do in my life and in my finances. There's a step in obedience for us all here today. Let's take a moment. Let's ask God what that is as we pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. It is alive. It is active. It illuminates in our hearts. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak on obedience. Lord, I've not, you know, not gotten this right 100% of the time. And I know maybe some people here have not. But I ask, Lord, that you would cover the gaps of maybe decisions that we should have made and we've stalled because we've disqualified ourselves. Lord, I just pray for hope in those lives. I speak life right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for any heart here that needs to choose forgiveness and not bitterness. Lord, I pray, Father, for faith steps to maybe step out and to say, I will trust you, Lord, with my finances by giving to you what is rightfully yours. 
Lord, I thank you for every heart postured here today that says, it's time. I hear you loud and clear, Lord. I will go and do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.